0: Folks, it's the Infuse Show. We're coming to you from the land of ice and snow. The Infuse Show doing a little misty mountain hop from the beautiful Old Forge portion of New York here. The jewel of the Adirondacks. We're here in Old Forge, guys. Hi, Mike. Hi, Francesca. Hello. That was
1: a strong (laughs) <laughs> opening, Nick. it I was love it, man. Like, out of nowhere, you brought the snow. You brought the state. <laughs> you brought the town. You've really you to go. A beautiful I'm loving. Scene.
2: I'm loving this place. A beautiful oh. scene and yeah, and the fact that it's not just us here.
0: It no, it's not just For us. For once, we have more. We have our whole team up here.
1: Yep, we do yeah. yeah yeah.
0: We have the studio audience
1: of yep. three. Mm-hmm. Ashley and Megan
0: <laughs> are bringing it, uh and of course. The man who makes the trains run on time. Frankie, fifth year is here. Producer extraordinaire. Um, I'm doing. I'm doing really well settling into this lifestyle. I was was over at uh, Dakers last night. You were. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And had a little Utica Select. Utica. Uh, Nice club. Nice little thing up here for
1: those who know.
0: Yeah. But it was great. Uh, Jay was taking care of us. Uh, he was a great, bar- uh, great bartender. We were talking a little Wu-Tang with him. Hi, Jay. Hi, <laughs> Um And I had a great little run-in where an old woman came over to me when I was on my way to the bathroom, and she was like, sweetie, it broke my heart when your character died in the perfect storm. And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> I, I held her hands and uh, yeah, so I've got the mountain get up I get or, or I don't know what I'm doing. He I look had the like
2: bib, snow pants, and the ski cap, <laughs> and it was like, and then this gray, charcoal gray, black, like aesthetic <sighs> going. He he could have totally rocked Lighthouse Snow guy. It was. <laughs> So true. So
0: dead on. It's weird being here uh, in February because I think the last time we recorded something, it was just us, just our crew. We had a a wonderful guest last month with with Andrew uh, from Eternal Hemp. But last time we were recording something, we were recording something in uh, the dead portion of that fourth quarter. If you remember, we recorded a little message for sales joint people uh, talking about, you know, that that fourth quarter is tough, man. Uh, that we wanted to thank people for kind of sticking with the sales joint through the slow season. Man, the slow season's not so slow anymore. Yeah. Business is back.
1: Balls to the wall. Let's go.
0: Yeah, business is back. Um, a lot of people in our industry are doing well, but we also know that a lot of people in our industry are are still struggling right now. Correct. Right. I mean, it, it's a, it's a tough time.
2: Yeah, yeah. You, we're you know we're on social network facebook groups um to make sure that we're keeping a finger on the pulse of every market that we're in and we want to make sure that we're answering needs that we get direct from you know people's mouths Mm -hmm. and we're hearing all the time about like places closing and grows for sale yeah Yeah. i mean things things are good for some but things are Different,
0: yeah, it's a little different. I think that the, the one thing we'll never do for the the, the good people that do uh, follow us and tune into this or tune in, look at me, um, that listen to Infuse is we're never gonna whitewash the industry. We're gonna cover we're gonna cover from both sides. We're gonna tell you the truth. And one thing that we're really conscious of right now uh, in today's today's climate in our industry, we, we're looking at one problem, the three of us that really leads to a multitude of other problems in the cannabis industry. And and that, Mike, uh, I think you termed it this when we were doing pre-show, it's the big disconnect right, in this business. And that big disconnect is in the supply chain between cultivators and processors who we work with and also the retailers who they want to work
1: with, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, you know, it's, it's one of those things that I think, at least from my perspective, I worked in a lot of different industries in the course of my career. And supply chain is the type of, like, Topic that not a lot of people talk about, Mm -hmm. but it it is the absolute backbone of success in an industry in terms of being able to effectively, efficiently, cohesively move product from one end, you know, from the, from the start to the finish. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, for, so in this in this business, it's the seed to the consumer. Yeah. Getting it through that whole supply chain, whether that's a two or three hands in the pot, or like in the case of California, you got five people <laughs> who <laughs> got their right. hands in the pot. But, like, getting product from A to B is critical. And I think, you know, the more that I, we've been in this industry and the more we've been able to talk to people and learn – uh, about what's happening in different states, the more it's become very apparent to me that the immaturity of the cannabis industry yeah. as a whole yeah. is really what's holding back the supply chain from effectively functioning. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's, it, it's a challenge, but it's also, I think what we really wanted like delve into today was just like, it's not a death sentence either. No. There's ways to <laughs> fix that. There's ways to improve it. There's ways to coordinate and partner with people who are the right types of people and it can be fixed, but until it's recognized and addressed, it's going to, it's going to break the back of this industry. Absolutely.
2: I couldn't have said it better. And I think it's really interesting. Something you said in the very beginning of your answer was that it's the supply chain and it's, we don't talk about it a lot. And I think maybe the reason we don't talk about it is it's not sexy. It's (laughs) not really, and it's not really something we've ever had to, create again like the cannabis is the first new industry in yeah. like of any right. significance in how long that has an actual product is like a cpg right. so to they don't they don't even realize they don't have to reinvent the supply chain but they've got to have a supply chain yeah. they've got to well, recognize what and it i think is. the other
1: part too is like if you think about anything you're used to buying as a consumer mm-hmm. the supply chain established and that shit's been exactly. established for Decades, decades. Yep. like yeah. so, it's like yeah. You go to Costco, you go to the grocery store, you go to the whatever, you go to Amazon, like wherever, like that. Like that's a well-oiled machine of getting product in your hands and into your home, right? Like so, so the
2: model is there, but there's n- but what other industry is federally illegal and has to establish supply chains, yeah. right. state by state For by sure. state. Yeah. And so, I think that's a big that's a big part of the problem.
0: Yeah, because all these states are trying to they're they're inventing a new wheel, yes. with something that was deemed illicit. The week before, the year before, the day before. Right. So it, it's a really complicated problem for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and, and it's really, I think what people need to understand about our unique perspective at Infused is we, th- there's no sides here. There's no good guy and bad guy. There's just two uh, opinions, right? And the cool thing about it, you said something to this effect, Mike, is look. If we can identify the problem, that also means we can take steps at alleviating that problem, right. fixing we that problem it entirely,
1: and address it, and move forward. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So that's the cool thing. I, I always think that we we love we work with cultivators and processors. We work with retailers. We work with dispensaries. We love both. We, we love both these groups, right? It's a bit.
1: In a lot of ways, I feel like we're almost like the sounding board or like the <laughs> psychologist because <laughs> yeah. everybody wants You're to. You're Dr. Vent. Melfi. Like everybody wants to vent about what's wrong and mm-hmm. what somebody else is doing that's not great for them. And
2: we don't have a, a dog have in a the fight. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we don't. And no. So we're like, oh, well, everybody's got a point, but you know, yeah. eventually you got to come to something, guys. You right. can't just keep,
1: yeah. you know, and for everybody's benefit. It, let's. Come to a conclusion <laughs> and figure out the best way yeah. that yeah. we can all work together. Yeah, ultimately that's what everybody goddamn
0: wants. That's what exactly. makes small I mean, like, business really cannabis win. It, Exactly, yep. from our perspective, it's like we're we're little kids and we want mom and dad to stop fighting and get back together. Yeah, it's because basically, we work a, that, with both. Because <laughs> right. we work You're with right. both, and we we work to establish relationships with both. So uh, today we're going to examine three issues that this big disconnect is highlighting for us and, and things that are problematic in the industry right now. And uh, the first one we wanted to go to today was uh, just about communicate and how these groups of people in our industry are communicating. Um, so we're looking at what's problematic. Mike, you talk to a lot of cultivators, you prospect, you, 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 you get emails from these people. What, what kind of things are they expressing to you? What's, what, what are their frustrations? What's problematic about communicating?
1: It's, it's a communication in the cannabis world between cultivators slash processors, like the supply side to the sales side, which is like going to either rec or medical dispenser. He's like, that's the one that's fascinating to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. Because y- you're right. I mean, I, I talk to a lot. Francesca talks to a lot of them. Frank yeah. is on the phone constantly with people on both sides of it. And we hear a lot of the same stuff, which is just a frustration around communication and, and they don't really see it as communication. A lot of times what we hear from people is like, I went to the store and the person wasn't there, or I I did Mm -hmm. this and the, the purchasing manager wasn't there and he said he was going to be there and this and that. Yeah. And, and, or I I went there and they were busy and I had to wait and uh, they didn't want samples or they did want samples. And what it really all boils (laughs) down to is just, a communication barrier. Yeah. And and I think what, I don't know whether it's a, um, like a fear of communicating cause or, or like uh, people not being confident enough to just pick up the phone and call. And have a conversation. Like they summon all
2: their courage to walk in the door to yeah. make the sale. They can't it's possibly like call <laughs> yeah, and like or d- they'll a divorce. Or send an
1: email. Yeah, and they didn't answer my email, so I don't know whether I should go or not go. Yeah, or maybe I'll go, or maybe I'll just get in my car and drive around for two weeks at a time. Yeah, and with a bunch of samples in my trunk, and and like that works but it doesn't work like it, right. it works if you're just trying to put mileage on your car yeah it doesn't work if you're trying to build a business
0: well we worked with growers too that have been like it's a badge of honor that they, hey i, I wrote him an email like that's not how you that's not you shit. Cl- the, yeah, yeah that's Send not closing the deal
1: like that's yeah that's <laughs> not that's not that doesn't cut it like yeah. the the a relationship is what you want to build like yeah. it's not a and, that's founded so I, on and communication. I think like When if if we think about how we view sales, we view a a sale is the start of a relationship. Sales a one time thing. Like I don't give a shit about one sale. What I care about is hundreds of sales, right? Over time, and I care about getting to know my customers. And where when it's their kid's birthday, like or their kid's wedding, that I know about it and I'm there. Yeah. That's a relationship. Oh, big time. That's <laughs> business at a, at the highest level. Mm-hmm. And and if you're looking at transactionally only, you're missing the boat right. on like what's really matters in terms of trying to build a business. Well, can and I say
2: I, I feel like um, from the dispensary side of things, would I hear from the people that we call to ask what it, what is it that you need and yeah. to, to fulfill the hot sheet? Like when we're making those calls, we hear their complaints, and one of the first complaints we heard was that. They are bombarded by growers <laughs> and people that are yeah. trying to peddle product to them that they never asked for, that they, they don't know these people. They show up without appointments. They show up without testing. They show up with sa- without sa- – it's it's yeah. like they keep invading their days. And meanwhile, the growers are saying, like, I tried – I thought I'd give it a shot. At least I'm taking a shot. I'm doing a sales call. I'm doing my job. Whereas there's a big miscommunication on uh-huh. what, what do they – what do they expect from each other
1: That's exactly right. Yeah. And so I guess how do you fix that then?
2: Well, I think there's I, I think you have this is the supply chain problem. Mm-hmm. There isn't a standardized process, and I think there's going to be a lot of benefit to having a largely <laughs> standardized process, you yeah. know, for yeah. for the sale process from the farm to to the retail level. They should have, like, listen, most people or stores need to set the standards and be like, to get to me, you have to have an appointment. Have this, have that, have the testing, have the samples. Whatever your process is, decide it and then communicate it. And then growers stop trying to, like, just randomize your day in your sales by – hoping somebody's there now you know where people are everybody knows you're supposed to come there everybody agrees we want something from each other let's see if we're a good fit I feel Mm -hmm. like how do you lose with that
1: yeah I agree with everything you said and I think like where it boils down to for me is a mutual respect a respect for each other's times uh, each other's business that everybody's bringing to the table because there's no dispensary without cultivators and there's no cultivators without dispensary unless you're a vertical, but but let's, you know, for most people out Mm -hmm. there, they need, it's a symbiotic relationship sure, and they need each other. So it's a matter (laughs) of how do you work together effectively in a way that everybody likes. And, and I think that a lot of, or at least where the, the gap that I see a lot of people when it boils down to is they don't, have the common respect for each other to say, "Listen, I'm not going to blindside you with an un-, un like a unscheduled visit. Or if I we do schedule a visit, we're both going to be there. Because what do we hear a lot of is that we like both we sides, said, both
2: cultivators and dispensaries <laughs> blow off. Was supposed appointments. to be a two o'clock
1: appointment. So and then I got there, and nobody was. there. Nobody's playing like,
2: by the same rules, which is why standardization isn't the the man, and it's not corporate. It's the supply chain. Good call. So,
1: well, you know, here's the thing too. Like, (laughs) so a lot of the industry is like, I don't want to be corporate. I don't want to be like (laughs) this and that. But being corporate is not doesn't mean not being professional and not being a pro and not having respect. Yeah. And, And I think that's like the thing that I continue to see is people treating this like a hobby. And not treating it like a business. And not treating it like a, a professional place where we're all eating dinner. Like, yeah. we're all here to make money and sure support thing. our families and to do that stuff. And to not treat it that way is a disservice to the entire industry yeah yeah
2: absolutely it's
1: not being cool it's not that all of a sudden oh it's i'm gonna be casual about it fuck that
0: yeah yeah well you just it's funny you did a couple of things here you fired it's like we were playing the game battleship and you somehow (laughs) had a nuclear missile using that symbiotic line so just know (laughs) she's gonna want to kill you after this but it's it's funny that the people can't get this thing i think there is an inherent fear of picking up the damn phone even when it's it's the right move. Frank and I were moving weed for, for a grower in I five o two country, I Washington, and um, I remember the guy saying, "We're just gonna fill, we're just gonna fill this order with whatever we have." I don't have the strain they ordered. I was like, "You yeah. you should call that dispensary." I'll write him an email, dude. That's not an email. You need to get on the phone. That yes. person needs to hear you. He needs to hear the it's contrition. He needs to hear yeah. the contrition in your voice when you say, "I'm sorry." don't just do that yeah because it and is a because relationship because you know it's going to be
2: important to them so <laughs> so treat it with the importance it is and yeah. so be like listen i got to get out in front of this i know i sold you this i don't have that i have this instead it's you're giving them the power by letting them make the buying decision again yes it's scary yes you want your money you already did this sale but guess what you you lost the sale by not having the right product so it's time yeah. to make the sale again and you do that so much better when you're honest and it's immediate and it's urgent and it's professional.
0: Absolutely. That's, yep.
2: that's how you do it. So don't be passive about this. This is your business. Be in front of it.
0: There it is. There it is. So if, if we're going into this and honestly, like the dispensary is where the transaction goes down, right? It's where money changes hands. Uh, let's talk about money then. because And I know this is one both of you have been seeing a lot. Let's talk about prices Because this is another, our our mom and our dad are fighting over this one, and (laughs) we just want to go to Dairy Queen.
2: (laughs) Yeah, we see a lot of talk. Um, It very much pits an us versus them situation with dispensaries, um, with the retail side and the supply side. Because what the suppliers see is different than what the dispensaries actually see. So from the dispens, I know, what I hear from dispensaries is like, Growers don't understand they only see the MSRP. They don't realize we carry overhead. We have staff. We have a a profit margin we have to make. We have the POS software. We have all these other insurances and liabilities and these things that we have to pay, these hidden costs from them. They think we're making bank, and we're not. It's not that we're leaving them out. But they won't understand math, and so they – Feel defensive and justifying yeah. of the profit that they make. That's I mean, and it's it's sad because n- that's the relationship you want with a from <laughs> with your supplier. Yeah, that's terrible. A, a suppliers. Shouldn't we all be working to help each other make a profit from this?
0: One would think. You
1: know, it's it's interesting. Like what you said is exactly what we hear tons of in terms of the disconnect between. Like what people think their product is worth and what is really worth, and why they think somebody else is making more than they should be, and and it, it, it's it's very prominent in in cannabis space. It really is. And again, I, I'm gonna go back to what I said in the first kind of talk we had. It's because the supply chain is immature. Like mm-hmm. I feel like the everybody in the supply chain doesn't hasn't figured out exactly what their value. is. Is yet and and understand like okay well this is what it is I'm comfortable with that and it's gonna be a range right Mm -hmm. I mean so if you no matter where you are in the supply chain you know this is about what you should be expecting everybody thinks their product and their service is over... Like, everybody overvalues what they do. From Mm -hmm. the grower to the middleman to the dispensary, everybody thinks what they're doing is better than what it really is, in my mind.
0: Hey, my Mm -hmm. stuff sells itself. Yeah, oh, yeah, oh, oh.
1: (laughs) (laughs) everybody sells itself. Everybody grows the best weed. Everybody, like, (laughs) has the best store. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, so... But in the reality, none of those are true. Like, everybody's got, like, a product that they should be proud of. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, there needs to be a realism around what is really worth in the marketplace, and and there has to be a business that will support that. Yeah. What, and I think, by and large, the business can support that. This is holding on of the show. <laughs> as long as the government doesn't going. overtax. Okay. And, I, and, and I think that's where things go sideways because certain parts of the supply chain get yeah. taxed more than others and ultimately have to bear more of the. Of the brunt of the of the
0: supply chain, sure. not to
2: mention what happens to the supply chain when you have people dealing um, dually in legal markets and black markets. No. Or yeah, yeah. you know, we've got right. a ton of issues yeah. around that. But I yeah. think it, you're absolutely right, Mike, in that people tend to overvalue what they're doing because you know how hard you worked so you know what you deserve and it's never what somebody's going to pay. Yeah. And so that feeling on the grower side can be like god, I'm the one doing all this work and I'm the one growing it and work. all yeah and yeah. it's it no is doubt. really like everything in one harvest potentially. So I get that emotional you know attachment but you have to understand the difference between having a product and having a business. You know, cannabis is your that's a great point. is your product. That yeah. what you grow is your product. You need a business behind it to actually make it in the cannabis industry. And I think that's where we see a lot of people break down where they don't have that that business piece of it. Sure thing. That's
1: a great point between a product and a business because that's like like a Shark Tank <laughs> scenario that comes up a lot. Yeah. it's and it really is so true in in the sad part of it really if you think about it because we all see this mm-hmm. we've seen we've known we've met people that are doing this for the right reason mm-hmm. yeah but they can't make a business out of it mm-hmm. and then it ends up breaking them and yes. that's like heartbreaking for us to like witness like w- they sure. have the p- best intention they are busting their ass to m- to make their farm workers their store work. They know they're a good work.
2: grower. They know. They've
1: got a great story. Everything about them is good. They're not.
2: But they the only looked at themselves. Work. They didn't look at the market. They didn't look at the competition. They didn't look at what states had done before. They didn't look at fluctuations Branding. and anticipate res- like, reserves yeah. that they would need. They didn't realize where employee retention would be. I mean, there is yep. so much to consider that. That if you're a hobbyist, be an honest hobbyist. You don't need to be in the cannabis industry to grow cannabis. Yeah. You can grow cannabis. So it's, I mean, wouldn't you rather lose, like, you know, I guess know what you're losing rather than put all of what you have into something and without even realizing that you mit- that you had all these blind spots.
1: Yeah, and, and like, so... A different topic, but okay. Well, is that, but is that? I mean, pricing the, is that part of the lure of cannabis? So, is that part of the lure of cannabis? We talked about this here, like so all, we're here at offsite, in. a business planning offsite. One of the questions we have is why are we here? Mm-hmm. I mean, don't you think every business should ask themselves that? Whether you're a cultivator, a dispensary, or a middleman, like every healthy business, are? yeah, yes, like they should all be asking themselves that. Like, why are we here? Yeah. Because, like. Th- it's not as shiny as everybody thinks it is. It's not easy. Oh, good it's lord, it's not no. easy. Yeah. From from it's, market it's,
2: saturation to licensing restriction, every market brings these huge challenges that nobody talks about yeah. until you're you're neck deep in it. Sometimes. Sure well,
1: and I'm not throwing shade on my accountant or my lawyer, but the cannabis support systems are two x what it costs to do. The same work for my non cannabis businesses. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's a grind to be mm-hmm. in this business. It is.
2: And so of course we overvalue what we produce. You
0: yeah, know? well yeah. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. And Maybe. it's not the the interesting thing is it's not for me at least, it's not it's not an Oklahoma problem. We're talking about price, and the supply. it's not a Washington problem. This is not a problem that metric created. Everyone wants no. to beat that Mexico's up. not even in Oklahoma. Th- this the is dispensary this cultivator
2: is. Clash is like yeah, it's everywhere. It's in
0: every state and every market that we either prospect in or, or that we work in. Right. Um. So except that's except for vertical states. That's the only state that doesn't have that problem. Ex- exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. and, a, and a so w-
2: a small business needs to <laughs> figure out like it. What it takes for them to be in business and not have like, I don't know, no plan and, and only and end up with only desperation.
0: Yeah, just
1: talk, a, a wise yeah. man. That's that's my whole thing. Talk. Pick up the phone.
0: Talk. Yeah, and, and that's, you know, build that's build where, a relationship. That, that's where you figure things. Everything. That's where you figure things out too, and that's when you realize that people are just people. And yeah. a, talking to a guy. Uh, at a dispensary in Oklahoma, and I learned that there were 15 other dispensaries in this town, and they popped up way too quick. He has too much competition. He has to sell his material for almost what he pays for. Like he just and, and he right. this man's struggling. Um, and you know, I think you can read the honesty there in that in that situation and look at his competition. Uh, and it goes back to that point. It, it's so funny that, that our points all relate. Pricing relates to communication. That yep. that mm-hmm. Just pick up yeah, the goddamn phone. Just talk to somebody, talk, right? Man. A wise man once said that the pie can never be big enough when a floor drops out of the market. I just have these, this list of my Where quotes. Where did you come up with that one? You said it during pre-show. Yeah, you the did. I can never be yeah, big enough did.
2: when the floor falls out from it's the. It's great mic. because
0: I'm going to win this one because it's recorded that today. No, it's in the meeting notes. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So like no kind of little comment. behind Look, the scenes moment. you know moment. Uh, Here's here's oh, something. Here's something. Yeah. Um, a, another area that I think that the at least the three of us uh, have looked at and said, "Oh man, we've got we've got to fix this. Somebody has to fix this." And maybe that's the issue here. Every healthy cannabis company. Uh, from their inception, all say, they all say, you know, Andrew was on the show last month uh, from Eternal Hemp. He said the same thing. They have a focus on education in their company, okay? And uh, great. I hear that from good dispensaries, too. We want to educate the patients. We want to educate. We uh, uh, Now, who's going to take? Uh, this is a big disconnect because from where I'm sitting, no one's taking the ball and running with it. No one is taking the ball and running with it. Whose job is it to educate, Francesca?
2: I think it's dispensaries better be educating. I mean, you are you are engaging with people at the point of sale. Right. There is no better time or, or or higher stakes than then to to educate them on what exactly they're in, investing in, what is the medicine that will work for them, how can they achieve their goals. So, dispensaries mm-hmm. definitely Need to be educated, which means they need to bring in bud tenders that are educated, which means they need to understand the products that they carry and the plant. And and there's a lot of expectation on dispensaries because you own that point of sale transaction. And so and you are helping the customer make the decisions like 70 percent of the times, I bet. So it's definitely on them because if, I, if somebody walks in and says, I am looking, um, I'm having trouble sleeping and I'm looking for something that's like 37% THC, what do you have? You as a bud tender better back that conversation way up and be like, hold on, hold on, hold on. I need to understand what it is you're, you're looking for. Are you, are you having trouble sleeping? And if that's the goal, let's look at what in the plant helps you achieve that goal and right. what we carry. Not, um, I heard this, that they 37% THC was good. Gets me messed and up. And I have a goal, so I'm <laughs> going to do these two things. We need to stop them there. And make sure that they know what they're buying, why they're buying, and teach them about terpenes. Yeah, and teach them about how um, something is grown affects the final product and the kind of processing that the products are. You teach them because yeah. they'll ba- they'll be better consumers, and now they'll probably be loyal because guess who taught them everything they know?
1: Right. Yeah, but I and I hundred percent I'm on board with like they have the point of sale contact.
0: Sure, that's.
1: that's an obligation that you know responsibility they have to make sure people are getting the right product but if i'm like but if i'm running a farm like to me my branding strategy would be i am going to be the brand like i want to if i'm a farm what's my goal create pool consumer mm-hmm. pull for my brand Yeah. so no matter what store i'm in consumers are asking for my brand mm-hmm. like that's but nobody does that
0: yeah, uh, cultivators- I'd rather sell it
1: wholesale because I can make uh, get money real fast. No, build a brand, and, and one of the staples and one of the pillars of the brand should be to educate people on what you're growing, how you grow, why your grow is better, all that stuff that can educate, uh, and but also build the brand loyalty to your brand
2: sure because what you're educating them on is your point of differentiation Yeah, yes. that's what you're teaching <laughs> exactly. them it's like hey buy from buy my stuff because it's different it's different in these ways it's grown in living soil here's why living soil is better than all that other stuff in the dispensary so you're achieving two goals with it by yeah, creating and you really establishing are. your brand so absolutely cultivators y- need y- to educate
1: and, and I think from our from our firsthand experience, we know that a brand can overcome deviations in quality. Oh yeah, or in or in spec. So like specifically, we were selling cookies for a while. We, like all of a sudden, Gary Payton comes in. Uh, THC and terps are low for this crop. They're a little lower for than this they harvest, were. Yeah. Right? Didn't stop people from buying. That's Absolutely right. Not. We sold just as much because the brand, brand. carried the weight. Yeah. Yeah, and and people will who taught that people cookies was great. <laughs> cookies, <laughs> they did a lot of stuff. I mean,
2: <laughs> Burner, right. yeah, did it yeah. because he created something that people, and then he taught them to want it.
1: And that's the rarity in the industry, is, is yeah. It, uh, if if you never think understand about it. the states that we work in and the amount of farms that we work with. <laughs> very few even have a logo. Very few have menus. Very few like. It's it's nominal work that as much as they're gonna put into the work of building the product and growing and all the the science and the passion and the heart that they put into it, there's one little thing left that they don't do (laughs) that makes all the difference. And that's the part that's honestly it's like heartbreaking for us because we know they're really you're right, really close. Yeah. 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 One step away. Take that last step. Like we, like this is the stuff that we love to do. Right. Like we'll help you do yeah. it. right. Like build your brand. And, and part of that brand has to be through education of, of what you're doing, of what you're providing and, and what you're growing and how you grow it to build that loyalty. Because right.
2: your customers, we're not even talking about the, 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 the end user, if we're speaking supply chain language, we're not even talking about the consumer. We're talking about educate your customers as in your your dispensaries. That's who your customer is. It's a B2B play for, for people if you're moving into the retail space. So now uh, educating the dispensaries allows the dispensaries to be educated and pass that education on to the consumers. It's a win win win. It's the no one grows alone model.
1: You know, it's it's. And it's I'm glad you brought that up because like, if you think about some of the better dispensaries that we've visited in the course of our travels, right? You go in in the and you talk to a bud tender. We've we've all had like great bud tenders, yeah. mediocre, poor, whatever, mm-hmm. right? But the good ones, they absolutely can steer you into a specific product.
0: Yeah. Yep. And and so
1: oh, yeah. to educate just to make sure they're clear on your brand and your product and your your grow method and all that stuff, that's gold. Yeah, let alone trying to even get to consumer. So you're right. The education part isn't just B to B, it's or B to C, which is kind of where I was thinking of it. Like I, which would, is I valid w- and absolutely necessary. Consumer pull and your but where you took it to is also 100 valid, which is. The people that are your agents and mm-hmm. your mouthpieces, make sure they're saying the right they're shit. They're your buyers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. the disconnect. Is like they nobody's doing that, passing no, just, that on. So just, there's no. a disconnect well, from the consumer and the product you know and the dispensary why, and no. the communicate. It's just it's all disconnected. So everyone this hey, is a UConn. UConn. special guest. Yukon <laughs> is coming in.
1: My eleven year old golden is in the house. Yeah. Yukon <laughs> say a few he's words. In. He's a lovely boy. He's a man. A few words we will continue. <laughs> He's a um. lovely boy.
0: Yeah, can I, can I flip the switch really, really quick? Same, same Same topic, though. But when are we going to get to the point where, because I know the damage that's been done, and I think that they need to, to make up for a lot of it, but individual states, they have no problem taking the tax money. Do the states, oh, do they have to play a role in educating the public about cannabis now? Because they're all going to take the money. You've seen, you, right. you know. You want That's my take on interesting. It? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I want your take on it.
1: My take on that is, I wouldn't rely on the states to do a damn thing. Yeah. Okay, like you know, my but philosophy but no, I'm saying should should, should they, they be expected? absolutely should do should uh, um
0: you're gonna take the money you should have a you should invest this way. I
1: don't want the states money. telling my story.
2: Yeah, they they, they take money from every business. They tax every business. Yeah. They overtax I don't the want cannabis them business. My story. And I don't it want doesn't my mean story. that they need to educate about oh, private it, businesses, but I think they
0: just about cannabis, I mean. Yeah, I don't I don't think so. It, no?
2: I don't think so, but they I think you have something in that there is my, there is a legislative it. education. Yeah, I, you know. No, honestly, a state I'm, I'm education scared of what they needs, would say. Yeah. And
1: I'm scared also for the, what's the increase in tax going to be for them to say it. Now it's two more percent. Uh, we saw their
2: over. education. It was Reefer Madness and Prohibition. <laughs> yeah.
0: That was the feds. Yeah, they, they, that they, was the they, feds. I mean, you're right. You're but, right. But, but, they, but you're right. That was state state the feds. state markets, I, I think they need to be doing more everywhere, every, in, in every category here. But that's a whole other show, maybe. Yeah, that's
1: another show. we <laughs> got to talk about states. Well, I, this is going to be a nice one, because Nick's on the other side of the coin on this. So. Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I, <laughs> I I see too
0: many barriers in, in our way. We're trying to make progress. And I've been at some of these lobbying days, folks. And they they never go well. They never go well. It just always ends up in frustration, You're at least man, at man. least in my little uh, first state. But, yeah, I, you guys make compelling points uh, in, in both those areas. We, we actually have a thing that we're encouraging people to do uh, much, much more, where people kind of ask uh, our team, and, and the show is where our, our team is, is on here in full force. Can I ask you guys your, your take on things? And this one comes from Oregon. Uh, it's, a, it's a place we've been, you know, dangling a little bit. Hey, Matty D., Uh, Maddie D works in a, in a dispensary and actually we talked, uh, uh, a few weeks ago. Um, but then getting in here to the, hello to the infused team. What do you hear about sampling policies? His store doesn't require any kind of appointments. You guys both brought this up on this show. So I wanted to throw this. Maddie D's doesn't require any appointments. He's wondering if that's the way to go because his business isn't that busy on these certain days. He can probably take these vendors in on these certain days. And he wants to know from the people that we work with are people having more success just having an open-door policy and saying stop by whenever you want. Or is it better to call and, and set up an appointment? You guys hear this one too. We hear,
1: yeah, we side to this one. What's better? You want me to start?
2: I think um, I definitely have a preference, and this is just an opinion. Sure. I My preference is to have people, to make people have appointments because you, because standardization and professionalism are still being established. So help establish them. That's kind of my take on it of we can all create a stronger industry where small business can thrive through this standardization of supply chain processes. So this is the simplest, most like, easiest way to do it is like, listen, you can't just come in whenever it's convenient for you for something. (laughs) Oh my God. I don't know if you heard that, but that was a huge UConn burp. Uh, Are you sure that's what it was?
0: (laughs) (laughs) UConn. Good cover. Um,
2: (laughs) But I think it's like, Speaking of professionalism, um, (laughs) I think it's, it just helps make sure everybody has the right expectations and is actually fulfilling each other's needs and not just, you know, somebody is inconvenienced and or surprised. That's not, that's, that's might be fun, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't work long term. I'm with you on that, Francesca. Eventually you want to get so busy that you need these appointments. So just start out with them.
1: It comes back to what I said earlier. It's respect. Respect people's time. Like. I don't want to bump in at a time where it's not convenient for you. I don't want to drive around aimlessly, like I don't want to show up and you're not there. Like all those things, they can all be alleviated if people just respect each other and respect the business and res- and be pros. You know, be a pro about it and and say, look, look, I'm here Tuesday two o'clock. You're coming in. I'm gonna make time for you. If you're there at two ten, yeah, fine, big deal. If you're ten fifteen minutes late, don't come at four. Yeah. Don't come Wednesday. Yeah. And like be a pro act like a professional treat each other with respect and respect translates to money because that's Mm -hmm. a relationship. Uh, I'm going to keep going back to that. It's respect and relationship in this business. And I I don't see enough of it. I just don't. So,
2: Mike, what do you say when somebody is like, let's. I'm. I'm gonna speak for. Um,
0: I'm sorry, baby. Can I talk?
2: <laughs> no, I think. What if? What if the the comeback to that not comeback, but the response yeah. to that is, what? What are our, our questioner? What is his name? Matt.
0: Matt. Yeah. Matt. Thank God. Matty D. Pa-
2: panicking, Matt. Sorry. Not gonna.
0: Um, he told me not to say this bathroom name. He's an assistant, but I said.
2: Yeah. Um. I. I think it would be interesting. Like, what if he's like, listen. It's not busy making an appointment creates a barrier to entry and now I'm going to miss people that don't know to make an appointment and and you know I like supporting these small guys by being open to uh-huh. them stopping by how that's
1: fine how do we there's nothing wrong with that but I also think th- I mean it's fine to be like hey these times are typically when it's a downtime yeah you know uh, where you'll catch me I'm but don't play the f- card of, like, I'm usually here and now you're at your other business because you own a nail salon also. Because mm-hmm. that's <laughs> we hear that one. Yeah, we do. Or yeah. now I own a pizza parlor, or now I do this, or now that. And this is actually, oh, I, uh, now that you call it out, I'm only here at night, two nights a week. Like, yeah. that's not fair. Mm-hmm. That's not, like, you're not treating it with respect. You're not treating it like a business. Mm-hmm. You're treating it like a side hustle. So understand who you are and be who you are, but at least be respectful. Yeah. For that, for everybody else, so that they're not gonna like come out and drive halfway across a, a state to have a meeting with you, and you're at the laundromat. Like yeah. that's not fair. Yeah. That's not respectful, and that's not business. Well, what
2: if he's not standing up these appointments? He's like, yeah, I am always here, and so, so you know, it's it's cool, whatever. I'll be here. There's and nothing I'm, wrong with that. Yeah,
1: as long as you're there. Yeah, and then, but if you're so, not you would tell him there, not to
2: set appointments. <sighs>
1: <laughs> I'm not saying don't set appointments. If you know there's times of Tuesday through Thursday and between 1 and 5 is typically our slow times. If you stop in, I'm always here. And I love that. There's nothing wrong with that I love all. that. That's an open audition to come yes. in. But don't say I'm going to be here on Friday if you know damn well you're not going to be there Friday because you have another job that you have to work Fridays at.
2: You know what? You're, you're,
1: come by anytime. You're... And
2: um, your suggestion tells me, also shows me if I'm soliciting you, if I'm trying to get my stuff in, it's like, oh, so you know your business, you run your business, you don't let your business run you. Like, you, you actually understand there are ebbs and flows, and like, it's also like nobody wants to be with the person who's constantly available. You have to play a little hard to get to be like, yeah, you actually do have to meet a standard to be carried in my store. Yeah. The standard is I'm here from on Tuesdays so and Thursday's 1 to 4.
1: That's where it goes <laughs> that's the like other hey. way. That's where it goes the other way, which is like and we run into this for for doing what we do. We're calling stores and you can't get a hold of a purchasing manager. And the only way to get a hold of them is they won't pick a phone up. You have to email them only. And now if you're lucky, maybe they'll email back And Oh, if you're even luckier, maybe you can get on phone with them. Mm-hmm. That's going the other way too much almost mm-hmm. in my mind. I think that's that's the other way of unprofessional where it's like What where you
0: create your own like little version of mousetrap for people to yes. for vendors to go through. But like yeah, when, when right. the guy flips into the pan, then I'm gonna then I'll give you Honestly, a sample it, request. It, I would
1: my I would rather see those people say, We're not accepting new vendors right now. We're set Okay. Thank you. There it is. Uh, there it know, is. In June, we're gonna reassess. But for now, don't even send me an email. I'd rather see that. Yeah. Than to play this cat and mouse game. So that's of yeah. Getting that, back to me. That's where, in this artificial wall of superiority. And that's that's to what I me love. The, what
0: I really distaste. Like about, my distaste is that about uh, Matt's question. I, I I I love the question because is it's what we that's do. It's industry driven, yes. and it's it's somebody who's. Not managing a store, right. thinking, could this help my store if we go in one direction or, or the other direction? And it's, it's, it's great because, uh, as she could tell you how many times she hears this, I get, or, or I hear it, or yep. any of our yep. dialers, we love new vendors. We <laughs> want new vendors. Okay, so what are you doing to help those new vendors get into the store? Are you right. setting aside Tuesday from 2 to 4? Are you doing this? I, I I don't know. I think I, I can see both sides, but uh, yeah. it, it's really, it, it's an interesting little thing. Is
1: to me, is, it's the same thing. Just be respectful of those you're doing business with. Yeah. Because a lot of times the dispensary people are the ones that, are, they're the ones that control the power in mm-hmm. the situation. They can either buy or not buy, right? They're the ultimate power holders here, except for the end customer. But in the supply chain, the dispensary purchasing manager or owner yeah. is the f- person with all the power. Yeah. And, Power shifts, people. Don't forget that power shifts. So all those people you were rude to (laughs) and stood up and all that stuff—that may not last forever. That's why, especially
2: in a market based on (laughs) a plant Uh, supply and demands change,
1: consumer preference change, consumer preferences change, regulations change, Change. things change. Yeah, so
2: yeah, create something that's enduring. Through all those changes. Group relationships. Relationships and standardization in the supply chain. And professionalism. It's yep, just. Yeah. It's, yeah.
0: Simple. it's simple. Absolutely.
2: Thanks, Matt. What a great question.
0: That's why I. Uh, yeah. Thanks, be Nick, a, for asking a, a great profe- question. Oh. From a I, you know I love asking you guys question. questions. As much as I love asking questions <laughs> to the good people from Utica Club. Pilsner <laughs> Lager, Beer. We're really being hams today in this uh, Adirondacks go, episode of this. Guys. Um. I, we're, we're up in this beautiful uh, area of, of New York in Old Forge. And I, I heard Mike use a, uh, a term earlier that I wanted to. I was like, oh, I bet. I bet I know my man. He, uh, f- Mike uses a term we love when he's, he's, you know what chaps my ass? And I was thinking, uh, riding around out there on the snowmobiles, <laughs> I would love to do like just a, a bit of like what, what chaps Mike's oh, ass shit. where he tells us. So give me this one. As far as lake life goes, all right, life around this beautiful lake that we were all out there with uh, on the other day, excuse me, Um, what's a violation up here, Mike? What chaps your ass when you see it up and around this region? Oh,
1: God, man. I don't even know where to start. He's got volumes of chapped ass stuff. How long do we have left on the tape? (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> you know i think i think the biggest thing to me is anything and i run into this here and i run into it in dewey in dewey beach delaware Uh-oh, which is parallel. people have this vacation entitlement which is they think they go on vacation and they can treat people crappy give bad ser- like blow up on servers they ex- like they ex- the level of expectation that they have is not realistic. And okay. so they come to a place on vacation that's like where you live full time mm-hmm. and they just come in here and like shit can the place with bad bad behavior, bad expectations. Yeah their kids are assholes. Like, you know, like who knows what it's gonna be. But it's to me it's there's this and it's a term that my wife and I, Karen and I, have developed over the years of <laughs> vacation entitlement.
0: Vacation entitlement. Yeah. Chapping Mike's ass up here. That's a real chap. Well, because they're just passing through <laughs> this beautiful area, baby. They're not going to come back or, you know. No, but you you got to leave. They're going to leave.
1: Most people leave it worse than when they came. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's the vacation entitlement. In terms of how they treat it, how they, like, you know, just don't follow they're the rules. They're renters instead and, of owners and so And, and, that. and that's, like, it's... Yeah, it's a that disrespect. was it's and a that disrespect. disrespect. It's a disrespect. It's a, dis- a, There's a theme, damn, theme here. I'm seeing th- uh, like There's a, theme a in my head. On like, yeah. you know, for an
2: English Irish guy, that's a whole lot of Italian influence.
0: Yeah, seriously. That <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was. That's why I thought it was so weird was when weird. we were when we were coming up here mut- and we were doing our Monday morning huddle and stuff. And I'm looking at Frank's goals for the week on his projects. He had one of his projects as leaving this place worse than he found it. And <laughs> I thought I, I was it. like, yeah. that is the that's the worst that's thing. Frank too. Frank does that. Shit. I know. It's he the comes worst. in,
1: he came in, he made some cutlets the other night. There's grease everywhere.
0: Uh, I know, I know. <laughs> Those cutlets were Those were worth really it. good.
1: Yeah. Amazing. I will, you know, for the <laughs> studio audience, the cutlets are unbelievable. Like, the, they live this up week to was the hype. my first. I've heard about we've, the cutlets yeah, for years. We, we've Frank mentioned them. hit a home run. They were delicious. I knocked one out late night. when everyone was asleep, I came out of my room, Yeah, went cold cutlet,
0: Cold cutlet. (laughs) (laughs) Cold cutlet style. I'll tell
1: you, I slept like a baby. It was exactly what I needed to suck up some alcohol and whatever else was in my system. And uh, it was
0: delicious. That's why, yeah. I just have a hard time with his attitude up here. He's like, I'm just going to pee here, do whatever. Are you talking about Yukon or Frank? Frank. (laughs) Okay. No, in all honesty. And by the way, would you please do that? A shot limit cello. I poured you over there. Um, it's oh, been sitting there staring. At it. It's been sitting there sitting. Now I'm in. Cons- I'm in cahoots with my bud Megan. Um, uh, did you put this over oh, here earlier. Yeah, no. yeah. Oh, sneaky. I'm in cahoots sneaky. with Megan. So thank you uh, to my wonderful teammate Megan. Very nice, um, Megan. But but here's uh, one oh thing now. And what when he was sitting out. Mike just did the whole thing, guys.
1: Um, Pledge never tasted
0: so good. <laughs> Look, uh, I do want to. I do want to acknowledge that uh, too, with the the stupid riff joking of mine uh, with, with Frank. Uh, this whole thing is possible because of the ridiculous hard work that he put into setting us up here, uh, hauling all this stuff up there. Frank's not Mike today, and it sucks because he's everyone's favorite part of the show usually. Um, but we do want to make sure that we thank Frank for. The the cutlets and for all this wonderful work. Great job, Frank.
1: Hashtag thank Frank. Yeah, Frank did an awesome job. <laughs> Yay. This was um you know, it's really cool to see a space transform <laughs> and Frank was so relaxed about doing it that I was like, he's gonna fuck this up. <laughs> And it's, it's, but oh, keeps, ye of little faith. But he keeps pulling it off. And I always think that. I'm like, there's no
0: way he's going to pull this off.
1: And, but he does it time after time. I never,
0: I like, I like, I honestly never lose faith in his ability to produce this shit. Because yeah, we could be on the moon and he'd be like, oh, I figured it out. And, you know, we're beaming our transmission back or whatever. Uh, he'd always figure yeah, out a way to get, it all, the, get the stuff yeah. running. we We love yeah, it. It's impressive. We love it, it. really is. Great guy. It's been great uh, doing this up here. So we, we're, we're so grateful for that. We're grateful to, to be up here. As a team, so grateful to do a show and have Megan and Ashley in the room with us. Just because it it just feels like we're more complete, Um, and they help us. They they help us drive content uh, every day with what they do with the sales joint. Uh, So they help drive content for Infused. It's your home. It's your show. Your home for the kind of curious about the kind of business. Uh, this has been a lovely episode of Infused, well my friends. Thanks for, uh, thanks for talking to me today. Thanks, Nick. Good stuff, Nick. Um, this is a special edition of Infused up here from the jewel of the Adirondacks here in Old Forge, New York. Uh, the 315. We're, the 315. We're going to see you next time from the 302. We're going to head home to the first state, to Delaware, Delaware, Delaware. We'll see you again. Bye-bye, guys. Bye. Adios.